Hi, and welcome to the Northridge Vineyard Evening Community Podcast. We're a church community in Sydney, Australia, who are passionate about pursuing God together and seeing the world changed by His love. We hope this message challenges and inspires you. For more talks and other resources, please visit our website, www.northridge.org.au. How are you guys? Can you hear me? Am I going? Are we going? Awesome, 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 awesome. Um, wow. Whew, such a joy uh, to be here with you guys and, and sharing. Um, it really is. It really is a joy. So thanks, thanks, for, thanks for having me. Um, we are continuing our series on the I Am Statements of Jesus. If you kind of uh, haven't caught the last few weeks, can I please encourage you very strongly to jump on the website, grab the podcast, have a listen, because it has just been an incredible series. It's been amazing. I've loved every single one, actually, is, has, been, has been incredible. And I, love, I, I, just, I just love that as a community, we're spending a whole bunch of time to go deeper looking at the, the I Am statements of Jesus specifically, and what he says about himself, because he is obviously uh, what, what the Christian faith is, is all about. So he's a very, very important um, person for us to be, to be going deeper with. There's, um, there's a quote by A.W. Tozer that uh, you may have heard before. It's just incredible. He says, What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And um, it's really true. Because whatever, whatever view we have of Jesus, whatever view we have of the Lord, is going to flow out into every single part of our lives, no matter, no matter what that actually looks like. And um, to be honest, I don't, I don't know about you, but for me, I like one, one, of the, one, of the, one of the scariest things is to actually go to the place where you're like allowing yourself to believe that he's as good good as you dream him to be. Um, you know, we, we, we all sort of have this deep kind of conviction of, of what this perfect love in God might be like, and, 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 we, and we hold that, and it's almost scary to let ourselves go there, um, because it's like, could he, could he actually be that good? And I want to ask us tonight, what if he's better? What if he's actually... What if what he has for us no no one is no eye has seen no ear has heard no human mind conceived what if the love that he has for us is wider and longer and higher and deeper what if he's even better than we dreamed of um i i believe that tonight there is there is a breakthrough that's available for us I believe that there's a revelation and a breakthrough that's available for us tonight to step into actually understanding and experiencing more for ourselves the character and the nature of God. And Jesus reveals this so perfectly and so beautifully. Um, so let's, let's see what the Lord wants to do. If you have your Bibles, jump into John 10. Um, I think we've got it. We're going to have it up on the screen. Thanks, Josh. John 10. And we're starting in verse 11. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. 
The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay my life down for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I receive from my father. So what we're going to be basically looking at tonight is what does it mean for Jesus to be a good shepherd? What does it mean for him to be the good shepherd? And what does it mean for us to be sheep following him or considering following him, maybe even for the first time? And one of the interesting things to point out is the metaphor of like a shepherd um, was not a new concept to the people who Jesus was speaking to initially. The Jewish people had, had a bit of a background with this image. In the Old Testament, this, this kind of... Um, metaphor of, of a shepherd over people was used quite a lot. God actually used it of himself in describing himself as being like a shepherd to his people, Israel. Um, and leaders of Israel were actually referred to as being shepherds of the people. A lot of the times they were kind of um, reprimanded for, for, for actually not shepherding people in the way that, that God intended in God's heart. Um, so... Um, Many of us today may actually be a lot less familiar with this, with, with what a shepherd is, what the role of a shepherd was, what, what the job of a shepherd was, than what Jesus' audience would have been. Um, but shepherds basically, their job was to completely look after the sheep, like whether it was their food, whether there's their water, their safety, their um, moment-by-moment survival literally was dependent on their shepherd. So interestingly to note also, Palestinian shepherds, um, I actually didn't realise this, but in my research I found out that Palestinian shepherds led their sheep, they didn't drive them, which I think is a, is a fascinating point. And the sheep followed not because they were driven, but because they recognised the voice of their shepherd and they followed them. And here Jesus is saying, I am the good shepherd. And by calling himself the good shepherd, Jesus is actually saying that what he offers and who he is is something utterly different from anything else or anything else that anyone could possibly offer. I love in this passage, um, Jesus kind of weaves this I, these kind of ideas together, I think, of talking about like what it, what it is to be, he, he says of himself to be a shepherd, what his nature is like as, um, as a shepherd, and what it's then like for the sheep to follow him. And somehow as those two things weave together, that the, the character and the nature of the shepherd and the surrender and the loving trust of the sheep, the intimacy that happens and that God actually invites us into when those things come together is, is, probably, is probably beyond anything that we've, we've actually considered before. Graham Cook is this author and speaker that I, I absolutely adore. He's, he says this. 
He says, when Jesus tells us that he is our shepherd, he is telling us about his guardianship over us. A shepherd watches over his sheep with protection and more than that, devotion. Beloved, Jesus is already Lord. Why did he choose to be a shepherd to us? On the surface, some might think that a shepherd is a downgrade from being a Lord, but not God. Nope, he doesn't see it that way. It's about devotion. A shepherd sits with his sheep, rain or shine, danger or peace. The Lord is showing us in Scripture that he is devoted to us. He wants more from his relationship with us than servant and master. He wants a devotion of the heart that is more than just bought and paid for loyalty. It's so good. And if we have a look in at verse 11 and 12, the um, beginning of that passage that, um, that I read out, Jesus here is saying that he's, he's not like a hired hand. He's not like someone who doesn't own the sheep, who doesn't care for the sheep. He's not just in it for the money. Um, he's not going to run away at the first sight of danger in our lives. And this is, this is really, really interesting because it means that, yes, his desire is absolutely to protect us as our shepherd, but it's more than that. It's to help us live a life of true freedom and abundance that was what Jen was talking about last week. And so because of this, because of his nature, because of what he is like as a shepherd, there's three things that, that I think we can, we can kind of take from this. Um, the first thing is that it means that Jesus is not afraid of our mistakes and our messes. He meets us wherever we're at. There's this um, another parable that Jesus tells that actually has to do with a shepherd as well. Um, you might know it in Luke 15. He says this, Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbours together and says, Rejoice for, with me, I have found my lost sheep. This is the heart of our good shepherd. In the times where we stray or we mess up, whatever it looks like, he is not one that runs. He actually comes to us. He comes after us. That's the heart of our shepherd. The second thing I think it means is this. It means that if we find ourselves in hard places, whatever that looks like, any kind of hardship, any kind of struggle, any kind of battle in, um, in our life, it means that Jesus is committed to coming to us in that place and walking us through it, taking our hand and moving us forward. There's a guiding to the way that our shepherd deals with us. One of my kind of like, I guess, life verses that I just keep coming back to and back to and back to is 32 um, verse 8, and it says, The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. And I love that because it means that what, whatever is going on, wherever we need breakthrough, wherever we need a friend, wherever we need the lion or the lamb, he takes our hand and he guides us. There's a guidance to the shepherd's voice and he moves us forward. And the third thing I think is equally important, which is when we're having a really great time and when there is just joy everywhere in our life, and P.S., we should never be ashamed when we're in that place. That is fantastic. It's always good we're in joyous places. If you're in a joyous season, we come on, we rejoice with you. That's awesome. Um, but it means that when we're in those seasons of absolute joy, our focus still needs to be on the shepherd. 
It's so important in those times, whatever it is, even if it's a time of joy, that our focus remains on the shepherd, listening to him as he continues to move us forward. This devotion that Jesus has for us, um, I think is deeper than anything that we could have dreamed of. And sometimes there's these passages, I don't know if you found this, but there's these passages in the Bible that sometimes like the, the statements being made are so big and so grand that it's kind of like, it's, hard to, it's, it's kind of hard to know what to do with them. Like it's, it's easier to just kind of skip over them because they're just so big. Um, and for me, one of them are found in this, this passage tonight. I think it's one of the most incredible invitations to intimacy in the whole of the Bible. Um, jump with me to verse 14 and 15. <clears throat> Jesus says this, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. And my sheep know me just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. Did you get that? Jesus says that his sheep know him just as the Father knows him and he knows the Father. Now, I'm not quite sure what to do with this. I don't know what you do when you read this, but if you picture how much the Father, God the Father, knows God the Son from all eternity the type of love and intimacy within the Godhead that they must share, um, that's pretty big. And Jesus says, not like our relationship with him in some way is a distant mirror of what that relationship is. He doesn't say that. He says that his sheep know him just like the Father knows him and he knows the Father. This is an invitation for us to access with faith. There is an intimacy level that God has for each of us as his kids that is so beyond what we can comprehend with our mind. And this is something that I believe that he wants to continue to reveal and to reveal and to reveal. The scripture is so amazing. There's like nothing wasted. Everything in the scripture is awesome. And every time Jesus says something, we're probably, uh, it's probably a good thing for us to listen. When he repeats something, we definitely should listen. Um, and when, like in this passage, he says something four times, it must be important. And in this passage, four times Jesus says, I lay my life down for the sheep. And pretty much this, it really, it really comes down to this because when Jesus laid his life down on the cross and rose again from the dead, he demonstrated his faithfulness to his promises. Because in this passage, he says all of this stuff and four times he says that he's going to lay down his life for his sheep. And when he does that, he shows his faithfulness to his promises as, as the good shepherd and he makes access for us the only way that access could be made for us to have this intimacy with God, this intimacy with Father God. Jesus, our good shepherd, is so invested in seeing his sheep receive abundant life, that he laid down his life in protection of his sheep. And more than just protection, it saves us, it completely restores us, it brings us into unimaginable intimacy with Father God. More than that, it enables the Holy Spirit to come and live inside of us, God himself, empowering us to bring his kingdom to the earth, and bringing us into an eternal relationship with Father God. 
He is that good. He is that good. He completely dealt with all of our sin and guilt and shame. He defeated death. He actually broke down every single barrier that you or I could ever face that would come in opposition to us actually coming into that intimacy with the Father. It's all been dealt with. He did it all. I just feel like it's time for us to start believing in his goodness again. He really is that good. He will not let us down. And so, and this is where it gets fun, if this truly is the nature of our God, if this truly is our good shepherd and who he has revealed himself to be, what are we going to do with that? How are we going to respond? Are we willing to actually be a people who dares to behold his goodness and give everything, all of us, to him, to give everything that we have to this one who loves us that much? Because just like the Palestinian shepherds that don't drive their sheep, Jesus is not going to force this on us. This is not something he's going to force us to. What he is after is burning hearts. He's after hearts that will be on fire for him, that will be in love with him, that will grab hold of his heart and take it to the world. That's what he wants. He wants it to be done in loving surrender. And just like sheep that are close enough, they're in proximity, they need to be in proximity with their shepherd in order to see the shepherd, in order to hear the shepherd, we can be people of his presence who are close to him, watching him, listening to him, following his every beautiful move, learning how he thinks, learning how he sees things, and to be surrendered to him in love because God can change the world with one surrendered heart. God's plans for this world are big. In verse 16, Jesus says this kind of cryptic thing about talking about sheep pens and, um, and how um, he has other sheep that are not of this pen. And what he's kind of talking about there is, obviously at this point, God's people are the, the Jewish nation. In the Old Testament, the Jewish people were, were God's chosen people. And Jesus is absolutely saying, yes, I love you guys. You guys, please, you are of this sheep pen. You are God's special chosen people. Come, come, come. But he's also saying there's sheep that are not of that pen, the Gentiles, the rest of them, us, you and me. And so he's throwing it out to the world and he's saying, come. He's saying, listen to my voice and come. This is our God. He loves you and I so much. And so tonight I want to ask us this question. It's a big question, but I want us to think about it, and this goes for me too, man. What would it look like if every single part of us was surrendered to Jesus? What would it actually look like if every single aspect of your life was a connection point to the presence of God, to his love, to his goodness, to his healing, to his guidance, what if everything we had was a connection point for him, a direct access point to him? Before we get into um, um, 
some kind of some ministry and some prayer time. I want to read you one more scripture. This one um, is another passage about a shepherd. It's um, a famous passage, Psalm 23. You may know this. I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation because it's so good. And I wonder if for some of us this is our prayer tonight, that we're hearing this and we're like, oh, I knew it. I knew he was that good. I knew he was that good. And I want to give everything to him. The Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honour to his name. Lord, even when your paths take me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast, even when my enemies dare to fight. You anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of you until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For I am being pursued only by your goodness and unfailing love. Then afterwards, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence to be with you forever. He really is that good. He really is that good. Let's not settle for the inferior. There is so much love that he has for us. There is so much that he wants to do with us. And he's looking for surrendered hearts that he can change the world with. Let's stand.